Jewish family, welcome to today's reading. I'm going to be reading excerpts from Answers to Praise, the book by Marilyn Carotters. Really interesting book. I always seem to go back to it because I seem to forget the principles that God is always telling me. One principle is to thank Him for all things. Another principle is to be of a merry heart, to be of a, to have a continual feast. You know, it's always a wondering how a person can have a, a happy, joyous heart and be enthusiastic, grateful, and in love and always walk in a cheerful mode. So I believe it's possible because God says, uh, he who is of merry heart has a continual feast, Proverbs 15, 15. And the other, the other is uh, laughter goes with it. Joy, laughter, humor all natural wonderful experience qualities that god has given us to uh to develop and thank god to the ones who who have it naturally but in this story we have one that says right here um on page 164 methodist minister transferred there's a letter he wrote in and this is what it says yesterday the pastor parish committee notified me that they had requested I be transferred because of my interest in Pentecostal. The old me would have been greatly disturbed, but I had just read the book Power and Praise by Marilyn Carotters. Instead of being upset, I laughed and rejoiced that God was working in my life for some new and glorious purpose. I am filled with thanksgiving that God loves me so much. He is moving me to a new place where I can be more useful to his kingdom. Thank you for sharing with me this wonderful good news that God works in all things. Also, thank you for sending me the books to me. God bless you as you share these wonderful secrets with all his people. And Marilyn Carotters, the author, he comments, Bad news often makes us feel rejected, unneeded, or disliked. When praise becomes a way of life, bad news can be turned into joy. We do not need to fear tomorrow when we know that God is in charge of all our news. God is in charge of all our news. And Proverbs 15, 15 is, He who has a merry heart, he who is of a merry heart, has a continual feast. New King James Version. Amen. I hope you like that story. The, our next story is about an alcoholic chain. Very interesting says, my husband and I were separated because of his many years of drinking. He was an alcoholic from the word go. I knew he was sick, but I couldn't live with the violent rage that he went into when he was drunk. And this was very every day. For years, I lived as an alcoholic widow. Self-pity over my lot in life was a part of everything I did or thought about. Then a friend told me that I, she thought I needed to read the book called Prison of Praise. I agree to read it. By the last page, I agree to thank God for my life as it was. A rest came over me all of a sudden I had never experienced. You may find this hard to believe, but the next day my husband called me. He said, I accepted Christ last night and I believe I'm going to be okay now. We started meeting to talk and I could see that he was different. We are back together now, and I cannot tell you how glad I am that God helped me, help you, excuse me, to write that book. 
Marilyn Carruthers' comments. I had the opportunity to pray with this man to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He was committed to serving the Lord and to blessing his family. There was no evidence that he had once been an alcoholic. And the scripture for this story is Galatians 1, 4, chapter 1, verse 4. He died for our sins just as God our Father planned and rescued us from the evil world in which we live. Amen. You know, it seems like praise, thanking and praising God is in this scripture. He died for our sins just as God is our Father. So we die to our circumstances by thanking God for our circumstances. Okay, just as God the Father planned and rescued us from the evil world in which we live. Yeah, the evil world wants to get us down and get us uh, cursing and condemning the, the bad luck. But God has a plan to rescue us, and that's through praising Him and thanking Him for our lives just the way they are. Amen. I, amen. Our next story is called Nothing But Unhappiness. Pretty interesting title, huh? The letter reads, I heard you talk about praising God, and then I read your book. I try to practice your idea, but it doesn't work for me. No matter what I do, we are always too poor to have anything i work all the time to try and get ahead the harder i work the worse everything gets does god want me to work all of my life and never have joy you seem to have nothing but joy and i have nothing but a happiness is this fair marilyn carotter's comments it is god's desire and plan to prosper his children but there can be many reasons why he is not able to do so do we give him the first fruit of all our income, 10%? Do we spend the remainder of our money in a way that honors the Lord? Have we learned to discipline ourselves against an impulse buying? There are only a few of these questions we need to ask for ourselves. If we have financial problems, we must ask him to teach us whatever we need to learn in each situation. As we praise God for our finances just the way they are, we will be opening our spirits for the Holy Spirit to guide and correct us and to do the perfect will of God. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Praising God. Oh, it keeps going. It says, if praising were my idea, I am sure it would seldom work. Since it is God's idea, it always works. It changes either the situation, us or both. Again, since it is God's idea... Praising Him, it always works. It changes either the situation, us, or both. And the scripture for this is Job 23.10. But He knoweth the way that I take. When He had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job 23.10. Very interesting scripture. But He knoweth the way I take. When He tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Job 23.10. Our next story, I read it already. Um, I, I recorded it, but here it goes again. It's called A Missionary's Son. I read your two books with great interest, Prison of Praise and Power and Praise. The Lord has changed me to practice praise in difficult problems. The Lord has challenged me to practice praise in difficult problems. I am a missionary in the Bahamas, and I meet so many people who need your message. 
I need to understand it for my own family. It is possible for us to praise God, is it, for another person and expect these miracles to happen too when the person is not interested and is far away. I want to do this for my son who is so deceived by the ungodly teachings and influence at his college, my comments. A prayer that is filled with grief or anxiety is a prayer of unbelief. If we believe God is answering our prayers, we should have joy. Jesus said to bring our burdens to him and leave them there. If we relinquish control, we have the right to believe God is working out the best plan for those we love. We need to trust God instead of laboring over problems that only he can solve. Our own fear and unbelief could be the very force that prevents them from answering our prayers. The most powerful form of prayer is the power of praise. When we ask God to do something for someone, it is then time to praise him that he's on the job, that he is doing it. And the scripture is 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. 1 John 5, 14. Chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. And our next story is called Soul Mixed Up. When I was prayed for to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I said a few words that were not English, but I thought I made them up on my own mind, so I wouldn't say them again. Now, I don't know if I received something from God or not. Should I thank the Lord that I am so mixed up? My answer, Melan Carrado says, Yes, if you are mixed up, believe you are in training to help other mixed up people. There are quite a few of them around. Praying in a new language is a gift to us from the Lord. God wants us to use it in our prayer time, to build ourselves up in our faith. How can we be sure that the words we speak are from the Holy Spirit and not from our own imaginations? This is one simple way. According to your faith, be it unto you, Matthew 9:29. Jesus spoke these words to two blind men. They knew they couldn't see, yet he encouraged them to believe they could. Jesus also said a new language would be provided for everyone who would believe, Mark 16, 17. Reach out your faith, claim what is yours, and it is yours. Whatever you believe is what you receive. Wow, did you hear that? Jesus also said a new language will be provided to everyone who would believe. Reach out your faith, claim what is yours, and it is yours. Whatever you believe is what you receive. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, John 20, verse NIV. In other words, let us imagine ourselves with stuff that we need for our household, for the future, for even for joy, that we will have joy. And believe that we receive it, or believe that we have it, and it'll come to pass according to the Word of God. I believe it, all things are in our constructive imagination to be constructive. Here's another story. My husband gave me $50 and invited me to leave. I left. In a little church near where I am staying, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
They also gave me your book, Prison to Praise. I started praising God for my problems. In one week from the time my husband asked me to leave, he wanted me to come back. Now our marriage is more blessed than ever. Praise the Lord. My comments. The longer I live, the more I know that God is able to take everything and work something good out of it. I will hope continually and will praise thee more and more. Psalm 71.14 Amen. Let's go ahead and praise God for our lives just the way they are. Let's go ahead and take a moment and say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful plan. We praise you and we thank you for our all the work, all the work we need to do, all all our tasks, all our things that are before us. We praise you. We thank you for every duty, every situation, every promise, Lord. We just glorify you and praise you for these things. We give you the glory and the honor for all things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for making things come to pass in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our next story is called Wife with Cancer. It says, Praise the Lord. I just finished Prison of Praise. The Holy Spirit is leading me closer to our Lord every day. I praise Him for books like yours. I was led throughout the time I was reading the book to write to you. If in your travels or vacation you ever come through Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or plan to see Yellowstone, or our part of the country, please stay in our home. In October, I found I had cancer, and I've been praising God for this. I didn't understand until I read your book why I felt praise and love for God, especially praise for cancer. I don't know when nor how it will come out, but I'm believing God for healing. I circulate your book among my friends and perhaps spread some understanding. Praise God, I am filled with joy. Since October, God has taken me to school, and the Holy Spirit guides me as I surrender self to Him. Marilyn Carruthers comments, Here is a powerful example of how God can use even the dreaded disease of cancer to bring blessing to His children. This wife has released a powerful force that she believes God is using her infirmity to help her family and friends. Additional letters from her have been continually joyful and thankful. And our scripture for this story is Isaiah chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. Don't fear anything except the Lord. If you fear him, you need fear nothing else. He will be your safety. Wow. Isaiah 8, 13 and 14. Again, don't fear anything except the Lord. If you fear him, you need fear nothing else. He will be your safety. Amen. Our next story, and this will be the last one, is called Dumb Old Man. I want to thank you and God for writing such a terrific book, Prisoner Price. At first, when I started to read it, I thought, this is just a dumb old man who doesn't know what he is talking about. But the more I read, the more I made sense. By the time I was halfway through, I knew I had to write to you. When I was three-fourths through, I was almost jumping up and down for joy. What a surprise it was for me when the book gave your address. I jumped up and shouted, Praise the Lord! I 
was baptized in February, at first I was really praising God and I felt like a new person. But then it slowly faded away. Your book gave me the spiritual uplift that I need. Marilyn Carotter's comments. So often the joy of the new Christian begins to fade. Then he asks, what is the reason? Often he thinks, I I must not be doing enough for God. So he takes away my joy. This is something caused by the well-meaning Christians who latch on to a new Christian and try to get him organized. He is instructed in all these things he must do or not do to be a Christian. If doing something didn't bring the joy in the first place, it won't keep it. The joy comes in the first place when we believe that God, through Christ, gives us forgiveness of all our sins. If the joy leaves, you should do the same thing that brought in it in the first place. We should decide what we have done that displeases God, ask for his forgiveness, and then believe that he forgives. If our joy does not become alive, we should realize that the accuser, Satan, is accusing us. This is a perfect opportunity to begin praising God for his forgiveness. If we believe he forgives us, our joy will be full. Why does this work? The Holy Spirit came to the world to lift up Christ. The Holy Spirit moves when we believe Christ forgives us. Amen. Scripture is Galatians 5.22. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, and peace. Amen. Praising God for problems produces love, joy, and peace, which will please God. I praise the Lord for you. I praise God for your circumstances. I praise God for your health, your ability to make money, your ability to take care of yourself and believe. I just praise and thank you for your heart. The wonderful heart that it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good day, family. I love you. A reading of the Word of God, starting with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now Psalm 54. Psalm 53. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are all corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Everyone
has turned aside. They have forgotten. They become corrupt. There is none who does good, not, not one. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God? There they are in great fear where no fear was. For God has scattered the bones of him who encamps against you. You have put them to shame because God has despised them. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When God brings back the captivity of people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Amen. Now reading Psalm 83 from the New King James Bible. Thank you for coming on today's reading. I pray that all is well in Jesus' name. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted against one another, shelter ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they consulted together with one content. They form a confederacy against you. Who said, let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession. Oh, my God, make them like the world of wind dust like a shaft before the wind. As the fire turns the wood, <clears throat> as the flame sets the mountain on fire. So pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish. That men may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high above all the earth. Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heaven and in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust, and lift the needy out of the ash heap, that he may sit with his people, with the princes of his peoples. He grants the barren woman a home, like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Now Psalm 143. And earn.
earnest appeal for guidance and deliverance, a psalm of David. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Salah. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revise me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Amen. Proverbs 23. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Do not desire the delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. The more so you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Do not speak in the listening here of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the field of the followers. For the Redeemer is mighty, for he will plead his cause against you. Apply your heart to instruction, and your ears to the word of knowledge. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You will beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell, my son. If your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I myself, yes, my inmost being, will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but in the fear of the Lord continue all day long. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine bibbers or with gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, 
and drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it, and also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will deliver him, will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice, my son. Give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit, and a seductress is a narrow well. She also lies in wait as for a victim, and increases the unfaithful among men. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it whirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and sings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart will utter perverse things. Yes, you will be like the one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like the one who lies on top of the mass saying, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake that I may seek another drink? The book of Peter, Second Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtain like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very re reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things in short sight, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, I will not be neg negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in the tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that surely I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we do not follow cunningly devices, fables, when we make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitness of his majesty. Again, for we did not follow cunningly devices or devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him and the holy mountain. We also have the prophetic word made more sure which you dwell to heed as the light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came to by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Chapter 2. But there was also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will see, secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destruction ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemy. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words for a long time. Their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angel who sinned, but cast him down to hell and delivered him into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterwards will live ungodly. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed with the fifty conduct of the wicked, filthy. For the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteousness soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise authority. They are presumptuously self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. 
Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made up to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of own righteousness of those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. There are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deceptive while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and they cannot cease from sin, be golding unstable souls. They have heart trained in covetousness practice and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, to whom the gloom of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words and em of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through the licentiousness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus and Savior, Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it and turned from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the truth proverb. A dog returned to his own vomit and a sow a soul having washed to her wallowing in the mire. A pig goes back into the mud. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful in the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which now exists are kept in store by the same word, reserved for fire to the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness. But is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt like fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you, ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be founded by him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wise wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all the epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which those who are untaught and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the, also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know these things beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with error of the wicked. But grow in the grace of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Now it's Peter. And first Peter in chapter five. Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That's chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. First Peter. In chapter 3, verse 10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking God. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Verse 11. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Verse 15. But, sancti but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In chapter 2, verse 5, you also, as living stones, are being built up 
in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chapter 1, verse 20 to 25. He indeed was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flowers of the grass. The grass withers, and its flowers fall away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again for a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptibly and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation re ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes through it, is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet, believing, you rejoice with joy, unexpressible, and full of glory. Amen. to go to sleep get ready to go to bed time to relax and get up early in the morning and take care of your business go ahead relax I'll be reading 1st John chapters 1 through 5 so to put you to sleep with the word of God please go to sleep get in bed stretch your arms to your sides relax relax first chapter of John. 
we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare it to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we proclaim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Go ahead and relax. Take a deep breath and let it out slowly through your mouth. Deep breath. Let the air out slowly through your mouth. Take a deep breath. Let the air slowly out from your mouth. Relax. Put your arms to your side and relax. Sleep in faith. God loves you. Chapter 2 My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey.
someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet, it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing. And the true light is already shining. If anyone claims, I am living in the light. But hates a fellow believer. That person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I am writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your heart and you have won your battle with the evil one. Do not love this world nor the things in it It offers you, for when you love the world, you don't have love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone
one who does what pleases God will live forever. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proves that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an Antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life He promised us. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from his him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. First John chapter 3. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. 
dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown. Welcome, everybody, to today's uh, podcast. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, and Rick is here, too. He's also in the program. Let's say hi to the people, Rick. Hi, people. (laughs) I was reading something this morning about this lady. She said, you are not born with a fixed amount of resilience. Like a muscle, you can build it up uh, when you need it. In the process, you will figure out who you really are and you just might become the very best version of yourself you know that's what our readings are doing on a daily basis we're becoming well at least four or five days a week we're becoming a better self that's the idea uh you know uh another person said almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes including including you including you we get, yeah. Um, one more. It says, A generous deed lives longer than a great battle or a king's decree or a scholar's essay because it spreads and levels its mark on all nature and endures through all many generations. A good deed. Wow. This is taken from the, um, not from the grapevine, but from the guidepost. Yeah. This is the one from Alnon. Huh. I was going to an Alnon meeting and I put a dollar and they had a raffle and I, I won a subscription. You know? Huh. So I didn't realize it had so many uh, intelligent quotes in here. here. Here's another one. It says, It is not joy that makes you makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. You know, I believe gratitude is the is the key to to living life serene and successful. Be grateful. Amen. So I'm grateful for these readings. Are you ready to rock and roll and read the book today? Woo-hoo! Like we're gonna read these page these pages like we never read them before. <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and start with the on awakening on page eighty six, please. We'll have a half a yeah. On awakening, oh, let, let's go ahead and pray. Let me pray the um, set aside prayer. God, I set aside everything I think I know about you, myself, my fellow man, and these steps for a fresh new revelation in you and myself, my fellow man, and this program in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day before we begin. We ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. Go ahead. I think about our day and we face the indecision with it. We're not, not, we may not be able to determine which course to take. Here's where we ask God for inspiration and tune of thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how right the answers come after we've tried this for a while. We used to be the hunter of an occasional inspiration, but gradually becomes a working part of the mind. 
being still in experience and having just made contact with God, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for the presumption of all sorts of obscured actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration because we rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that will be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious bodies, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful. We ask for the righteous thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show. Oh. Humbly say to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are in less, much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self pity, foolish decisions. We become more and more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange our lives to suit ourselves. It works, it really does. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to page 62, please. 62. 62. Uh huh. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-illusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later places in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourself, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we cannot live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is how I'm the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. We didn't work. Next, next we decided that thereafter of draw of life, God was going to be our be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new traffic arch, which we passed through freedom. When we sincerely took a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had an employer, a, a new employer, being all powerful. He had, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves and our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt a new power flow in and enjoyed peace of mind, we discovered how we could face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence and began to lose our fear of stage tomorrow and thereafter. We were reborn. 
We were now at step three. And many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Amen. Let's go ahead and read uh, uh, page 76, get that prayer in, and then we'll go back to page uh, 24. After I read 76. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. All right. Page 24, please. We're unable at certain times to bring into the consciousness of significant force or memory of suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We're all without defense against this first string. The almost certain consequences following the glass of the almost certain consequences that follow taking a glass of beer. Do not crowd the mind to deter us. These thoughts are occurred. They are hazily and rapidly supplanted with the old thread of our idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There's a complete failure against this kind of offense that keeps one from putting his hands on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't bring me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us began to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth, pounded on the bar and said to herself, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth string, or what's the use anyhow? When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendency, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. None of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation, but we saw that it really worked in others. And we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is this, this is really less that, that we've had deep effects of spiritual experiences which have revolutionized the whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, towards God's universe. And a certain, an essential fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is deemed miraculous. He has commenced and accomplished those things which we could never do by ourselves. We are a serious alcoholic as we were. We believe that there's no middle of the road solution, that we were 
position where life is becoming impossible and if we had to pass through a region which there is no return through human aid. They have two, but two alternatives. One is to go out to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of the intolerable situation as best as we could. And the other is to expect, expect spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. All right, let's turn to page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing for me of all is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people are, the, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity a lot rise when I discard my expectations, but then my rights try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it really compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to Him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Go to page 552, please. He said, if you have resentments that you want to be free of, if you will pay, you will pray. For the person that you have resentments for, you will be free. If you, if you, I lost my place here. If you will ask for their, in prayer, everything that you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even if you don't really want it or need it for for the, for, the, <clears throat> for them and your prayers are only words, it doesn't mean and you don't need it, go ahead and do it anyways. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find that you will have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that when you used to feel bitterness, resentment, and hatred, you now feel compassion, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, it'll work for me every time since, and it will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask for the willingness, but it always comes. Because it works for me, it will work for all of us. And another great man says, you want real freedom up. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous and everything I need I get and when I get what I need, I really find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100, please. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstance is. Uh, page 83, please. The Promises. We're pacing about this phrase of development. We will be amazed before we're halfway 
going to know a new freedom and new happiness. We will not regret the past or the torment. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience that can benefit others and a feeling of useful, usefulness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in our selfish things and gain interest in our foes. Self-seeking will slip away our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people, economic insecurity will leave us and we will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. But we, are, we will suddenly realize God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these describing the promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize for us if we work for them. Amen. Work, work, work. Page 85, please. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble we do for alcohol to settle full. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Not Thy will, not mine, be done. These are such... These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish, it is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about the receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from Him who has all knowledge and power. If we are carefully follow directions, we have, followed, we have begun to sense a flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop a vital success. But this means to, to go further, and this means more action. Amen. Page 43, please. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. D.N. Beautiful, beautiful reading. Amen. You know, and my my desire to do this program came from a higher power. You know, to, I knew that life was too tragic. I needed to stay in here. I, I was wise enough for that. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you. Anything else to add? No, that's it. Thank you for, for coming on. All right, then we'll be here tomorrow. God bless you. Take care. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.